Welcome to the Go and Tell Gals podcast with Jess Connolly and Kanisha Bikes. Today, we're talking to one of our friends, a woman who runs on mission. We are praying this conversation leaves you fired up and ready to go right where you're at. We're super thankful for you. Let's go. Hey, girls, we are here. And guys, we have some guys. <laughs> can, I, can that be a collective term? We are sitting here today with Ellie Holcomb. And I am so excited to sit with her and just learn more about what mission means to her and about who she is. She came in with so much energy. Brenna also is with us today. For those of you who don't remember, she is our producer. But today, she's going to actually sit in with us on this conversation and kind of help me host it and chat with Ellie. So with that being said, Brenna, I'll let you take the lead on this. Yeah. Hi, Ellie. Hi. to be here. Fun story about you. I work at Anderson University in South Carolina. And at the end of the school year last year, it was COVID and it was weird. And I planned student activities and we needed something to do. So we booked Drew, your husband, for a virtual concert. And you popped out <laughs> and we were like, this is the best surprise Aww. ever. We did not pay for you, but it was so fun. And we all were shocked and loved it. It was amazing. I think I just putting the kids down and I was like, hey, y'all. Aww, so fun. Seriously, the dream. It was awesome. So Aww. thank you months later for that. Hey, listen, thank you. I mean, speaking of mission, thanks for staying on mission in the midst of a crazy year, girl. But really, but really, Ooh, for sure. It's been yeah. a while, y'all. It has. So, Ellie, I would love for you to tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, what mission looks like to you right now. Sure, absolutely. So, I am Ellie Holcomb. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, born and raised Ooh. here. And yes, ma'am. And I, um, I'm a singer, songwriter. I guess I really would first say that I'm a wife and a mother. And I am a singer, songwriter, and an author, usually working out my faith through song and mm. trying to sing what's true along the way. Because for whatever reason, the way that I am wired is when I sing, I believe. And so... That's who I am. And that's what that's what I do. And I think for mission mission for me, I think I I just did this beautiful exercise this past year. My friend has a company called Design and she helps schools and businesses sort of find and define their mission. She would actually be great to have on here. Her name's Lauren. During COVID, actually, part of what happened last year is there was so much space and margin to really like I think redefine and realign what mission looks like. Cause with little kids, I mean, I just know my first job is like wife to Drew, mom to these kids. And there's other things that God's called me to. I, really, I truly believe that. But I really, that is like, I know my first thing that yeah, I got to your foundation care of. Yeah. yeah. And so it was so amazing. She has this thing called vision, values, and behavior. And she sort of takes you through a process of identifying what your core values are and then aligning those with your behavior. And y'all, I felt like she gave me like, like a deep rudder. Like I've had the, wow. the ship. Wow. I've sales. I see where I want to go, like this navigate by the stars. But I felt like she handed me like this deep rudder. And so my core values are authentic community, and that is in the context of family, and that is in the context of a creative community as well. 
and then listening, which is very much a spiritual practice for me, and then spontaneity. And so it has been I love that so much to sort of know like this is sort of and what's beautiful about that is God makes each one of us different, like with different kind of core values that really matter to us. He shapes us and he puts those in there on purpose because he has good works that he's prepared for us ahead of time to do. And so it's such a beautiful thing to identify that and to feel like, I don't know, I feel like I can have, I've, after this past year, I have so much more clarity on what I am called to do. Oh my gosh. And is that not what it's all about? I mean, like when you, first of all, I mean, seriously, like the opposite of that is the lack of clarity. And what is life like when you're walking the road, journeying through life and do not know what the heck you're doing? Like how confusing, cloudy, messy is life. But then when you hear the voice of God tell you, this is who you are and this is what I have for you. I will run the world with the people that he has set aside, you know, alongside me or to come alongside me, right? That is exactly right. <laughs> It's like, I see it now. I can see it. Well, it's so, you know, what was so beautiful about the process? Because I think, I don't know, sometimes it feels like, I don't know, I just feel like I'm focusing on myself. And it's like, but hold up, back up here. God made you, yourself. Yeah, exactly. yeah are with the gifts that he's giving you with the passions that he's giving you even I would dare say with the wounds that he knew that you would maybe sustain and 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 carry in this broken world that we're in and he knew that those would happen and he would say I'm going to use even those things to create this mm. person mission that really only you can do and that well he can do it without us but that he he invites us, and, right? Yeah, and yes. I just the invitation—it's yes. such an invitation, and so there's not necessarily a pressure, but there is a certain way that he's going to reflect and shine his image into this world around us, and that it looks different through each person. It's never exactly yes. the same, and so there was something so beautiful. I felt like I've always known and been trained, like grown up in the church, I know that God loves me. But as I leaned into some of this understanding what I really care about and what makes me tick and what the places where I feel like I'm firing on all cylinders, mm. where I'm like, I love this. It was, I was like, oh my God, this God likes me. And I'm a hot mess. I'm not like, yeah, I'm not yeah. like I'm actually a mess, but he, <laughs> made me so. and so it, and he, and that was on purpose. He did that on purpose. And that's yeah. been a freeing, beautiful gift. Ah, I love that so much. It sounds like you're saying as far as mission is concerned, that community actually, I mean, you, you talked about your friend here who is presenting you with this beautiful gift of clarity <laughs> by the Holy Spirit, right? and the gifts that he's placed in her. And that community that she is a part of has helped you really gain this vision, even more so of like, this is my mission. Like, this is who I am. This is what I'm called to do. I think, you know, just over the past year, obviously community looks so different, right? Because of COVID and like people and relationships and all those things. I'm super curious about, for you, we haven't even talked about this, but you are an author, you are a songwriter, you are an artist, essentially, and a beautiful artist, by the way. And all these things that you're doing, your new album is coming out here really soon. And this is all 
coming out of what for a lot of us has been a season of darkness. And I'm so curious about how community has played a part in helping you push through, you know, this season where, you know, I don't know anything about your life over the past year, as far as the details are concerned. How have you evolved in that? Like, how has God used the people around you, community to help you to push you into the season that you're in right now? I love that. Well, definitely one of those was my friend Lauren. And then I actually went through the Vision Values Behavior Workbook, which she she was actually asking us to just test it out for her. <laughs> She's like, I just wrote this. I hope it works. And it translates to an individual rather than just a company. And I was like, sure, I'll do it. Yeah. Thinking I was doing her a favor. And I'm like, <laughs> so I actually did that with my little sister and then actually my old nanny who used to nanny our kids. And during COVID, you know, it was, it was such a year of isolation in so many ways. Mm-hmm. We would meet, we would sit outside, yeah. you know, and each bring our own like picnic blanket in my backyard. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And do that. Together. <laughs> but there were actually several groups it's funny. I think I started four different small groups during wow. COVID. Because wow. um, <laughs> I was like, I'm more for authentic community. Let's go. I'm a seven on the Enneagram. Yeah, so I was just yeah, like, yeah. I know where I'm going. Let's yeah. do this. And so that was one is with a group of other artists and musicians. One is study group. And then one of them that has honestly had the biggest impact on me is I started with my friend Zandy, who's in this amazing band called The New Respects. We started a bridge builder group. It is a book by Latasha Morrison, a beautiful woman out of Atlanta, Georgia, who wrote me bridge. And so we started this bridge builder group where we were a small group of diverse women. Really intentionally, it taps into one of those core values, listening. Yeah. And as I listened to my my friends, my sisters who had had a different experience than I had, yeah. just because of the color of their skin, not even just different living in this country, but different spiritually. They had different spiritual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It is. I felt <laughs> it. Yeah. I, I felt like God, it has felt like, I don't know, in the wake of so much sorrow and racial tension that we've had. Yeah and isolation. And I just, I am like, man, it has felt like sometimes it's felt so small in the wake of George Floyd and everything. I'm like, we have to do something yeah, yeah. now and big. And God's like, try this. Yeah. How about we listen? Conversations. <laughs> yeah. Really small. And I know we need to do big systemic things too. So I'm saying that what's happened as I've just had conversations, as I've listened, as we've acknowledged the truth, as we've practiced lament together and grief together, as we've repented together and then begun these conversations about what it looks like to rebuild and to reconcile. Yeah. It has been, my heart has expanded y'all. Like it looks like little seeds and sometimes in the wake of so much hate and division and the politics, the, I don't know, it just, sometimes it feels so overwhelming and hard and dark and broken. And sometimes it feels like you're throwing like tiny little flower seeds at it. But man, my vision, I'm an entirely different human. And the gospel is wider and higher and more colorful and more wonderful and more powerful than 
it has ever been before for me. And so I feel like there is this sense of, of what I feel like I've learned this past year in, in this counseling group, in Bible study, in this bridge builders group, and then in my little vision values behavior group is to practice lament together, is to, to not be afraid to lean into the broken parts of our own stories and into the broken parts of things that are within the church, things that are within our country and within our world, because actually God is in, is in the business of moving to the lowest place. He is a healer. He is the Prince of Peace. And we get to be called into this work of following the example of the ultimate bridge builder, Jesus. Come on. Isn't it, isn't it a beautiful invitation? Yeah, it is it's such so a beautiful invitation. Build the ancient ruins. Yeah. It's like Isaiah 61. Mm, yes. Like the prophecy of the ministry. Like we are that planting yeah. the display of the Lord's splendor and we will rebuild the ancient ruins. We get to be a part of that. And so beautiful is sometimes that looks like just having a conversation and listening and saying, I got this totally wrong. I'm so sorry. I missed that. Love you well. Lord. And the way that that has expanded my heart has been so deeply encouraging this year. I love that so much. Yeah. I love that so much. I think Ellie, I saw online that you say your new album coming up is you would describe it as to be broken is to be human. I love that. Can you tell us a bit about that and how that has connected to your experience in 2020? That totally great. I'm like, way to go. Of course, you're a producer. (laughs) (laughs) But that is so connected to exactly what I was just saying. I learned how to, via a counseling journey, even before 2020, had, had this personal experience of visiting some of the deepest wounds in my own story and grieving them. I'd visited them before in counseling. I had never let myself grieve them. And limit with yourself. Yep. I, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. I hate pain. I hate discomfort. <laughs> so this year has been I'm like, an eight wing seven. So I understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yet it is when, as I've learned to sit with the sadness and to let myself and, and grieve. And sometimes that's it on our faith journey. That's sometimes can do right is breathe like those prayers or just weep sometimes all we can do is weep but as I did that what happened is I encountered this presence of God's love and tenderness and empathy in my most broken places and I think there's just somebody was asking me well how did you know that was God and I'm like I don't have any other explanation for being at my worst visiting my worst moments in my story where the prayers didn't work out like I had asked them to, where I didn't feel like I had faith, but still encountering a presence of love and peace that did not come from within me. And the only explanation that I have for that is that it came from a source of love and light that is beyond me. And so encountering that and in the midst of that grief, personally, it felt I had actually written a whole record about that and thought that's the record that I was going to make. And then 2020 hit and then George Floyd happened and then political division, so much loss, so much sorrow globally, nationally, on a national level, on a global level. And all of a sudden I felt like my understanding of the gospel went from a raindrop, like, oh, good right here to this is the ocean. It's it's yeah, not yeah. the rain, it's the ocean. And I went to the Grand Canyon in the midst of all of this when the numbers 
summer. I've never, have y'all yeah. been? I had never yeah. been. In my life. Yeah. Once we went like eight years ago, I've been, yeah. Once. Yeah. I want to go. I haven't yeah. been. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And when the numbers were lower, we were like, we can go and be outside. And, you know, we camped. And so we camped in the Northern Rim. And then we went to the canyon, rafted the river, and then rafted the next day, camped on the riverbanks that night. And so I, when we were down there, our guide said, the canyon walls, the Grand Canyon walls tell a story. And it's really a story of disaster upon disaster upon disaster see it it's like this and he's pointing he's like this was a landslide that was a mudslide this see that diagonally that's an earthquake this is a volcano that's lava flow and I was just and then there's this great divide and I'm like I feel like this time has felt so divided even with the church y'all I'm like we're supposed to be the unity people come on especially with the church yes especially with the church I'm like man we are we so I'm just was looking at this picture of the canyon and I'm like man this feels like such a picture of our hearts and of our country, especially after this crazy chaotic year and wound upon weary wound, loss upon loss in the story of racial tension and sorrow and devastation that's happened here. It is like, it's so much, but there in the pit, in the pit of that Canyon, there was a river running through. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I had this realization that there is, as it turns out, there is a current of living water that runs deeper than our deepest sorrow, than our deepest ache, than our deepest place of division, and that will carry us if we'll only let it. And so I came away from that trip from the Grand Canyon, and I was like, oh, my word, Lord, this is not just my story that you've done this in. This is you. This You came. You died for God so loved the world. Like, this is who you are for every beating human heart. Yeah. You are year. And so there was this sense of wanting to really, really realizing I could sing. I can sing even in the deepest pit of my own valley of sorrow, the dark night of the soul. I can sing in that because I've encountered love there. And I'm just so grateful that as it turns out, when you sing in the midst of a valley, when you sing in the midst of a canyon, Actually, when you sing down there, it echoes off of every single broken piece of your story that's all around you, actually multiplied. And that is Kingdom of Heaven stuff, too. I'm like, yeah, it has been so beautiful to, A, sing about God's presence there. But B, I think this record that I just made sort of feels like there's a there's a song called Bridge about the racial reconciliation stuff. That really is just, I'll go first, but it feels like an invitation. And that's what Jesus gives to all of us. It's an invitation. Come all you who are thirsty. Yes, yes. Will satisfy even in the desert. Come all of you who are hungry. Oh, you're my enemy. This table's for you too. <laughs> like, yeah. Let me break bread with you and share. And what does that actually look like for us? I, I think if we lean into the fact that we're beloved, even in our most broken places, it helps us love somebody who maybe is totally different than us across enemy lines. And so I just, there's an invitation to come and behold the fact that we are beloved and we belong even in our most broken places. Then because of that, we get to join up like molecules of water in that current (laughs) of living water and say, like streams into the desert and say, yeah, did you know, have you heard? We are in fact the object of God's affection. 
Hey friends, it's Brenna here. I'm interrupting this episode to ask you a favor. Would you head to your podcast app and leave us a review? This helps other gals find the show and it also helps us to know exactly what you'd like to hear. Plus, if you leave a review between now and the end of June, you'll have a chance to win some brand new Breaking Free from Body Shame merch to help you keep running on mission. Check out the show notes for all the details. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now let's get back to this conversation. I love it so much. I love your perspective and the way that you see the world and that you see God's kingdom and his people and his world. Like just as an artist, I consider myself an artist as well. And I just think it's so fun to sit with other artists and talk about Jesus and talk about God and his creation. And it's so obvious that that's something that beyond resonates with you. It's it's just such a huge part of who you are. And I want to go back to something that you said, which is people asking you, well, how did you know it was God? I think, tell me what you think, but I think part of that, and and Brenna obviously as well, like when you, as the created, connect with your creator, there is something so infallible about that connection. Mm. You don't have words for it necessarily. Like you couldn't say, well, I know because ABC happened. But you just know that you know that you know because you are the created, that it was something, it was the touch of the creator, right? It's like a, when a baby cries <laughs> and the mom, there's 50 babies in a room. The one baby is crying. The mom's like, that's my baby. That's my like, baby. There, it's undeniable. Mm. There, there is that blood connection. There is that connection between the two of those, that mother and that child that is infallible. And I I think that's how, like, when I hear that question, I think, and this is hopefully encouragement to someone out there, like, this is how we know. We know because we're the created and there will never be a doubt when, when the creator has touched us, when he has affected us, when he has called us, when he has come into our lives in that way or in those moments. Oh, I love that, Kanisha. That's so beautiful. And the fact that you're talking about crying and and a baby's (laughs) crying, that's how so interesting because that's that's how when a baby is born the cry our first breath comes out in a cry we begin this journey of being alive I mean I know that we're alive in the womb too but but our first like expression of being human the way that they know that the baby's happy is that he's crying and sometimes I'm trying to (laughs) that and then God himself like allowed wrapped in flesh like mm-hmm. baby cried just like oh my goodness he put himself in the arms of a teen mom like I just am like I cannot believe that he did that so that our very breath even when we're crying and that's all that we can do we're connecting and calling out to our yeah. come on yeah always even when we don't know it we are if it's addiction we're crying out If it's hurt and pain, we're crying out. If it's joy, we're crying out. Like we are forever. Yeah, we are. We always are. There's this story that I read. I need to look up where this is from. There's this story that I read just to your point about like we 
we belong. We're sons and daughters of the one who made us, like our father who made us, our creator. There's this story of this mom. She had an infant and then a three-year-old. She put the infant down for a nap and she was doing dishes or something. She can't find the three-year-old anywhere. And she's panicking. She's looking everywhere. And finally, she looks on the baby monitor because she's about to go in the backyard to look for the three-year-old. She's like, where's my three-year-old? And she sees the three-year-old over looking over the baby's crib. And she gets really worried. She's like, oh, my gosh. Is he going to wake the baby up? Is he going to hurt the baby? And she leans in. She walks up, runs up to the room. And before she gets in, she hears that her three-year-old son is talking to the infant. <laughs> and so she kind of doesn't just bust in there. She listens. And this is what the three-year-old was saying to his infant brother. He said, quick, remind me what heaven's like. I'm starting to forget. Oh, what? Like, this is a real story? As if, yes. like, this actually happened? This actually this happened. like something someone wrote. Like, this is an actual, real actual occurrence that happened. Wow. When I heard this for the first time, I just thought, isn't that it? Like, our work is to remember where we came from. Our work is to remember that we came from where all good things come from. That original blessing that God spoke over creation. This is good. This is good. And we know we're not good. We know we're broken, but because of Jesus, we're restored to this is good. This is good. It's both end of the brokenness and the belovedness and the made in the image of God. Well, you know, it's so funny. Like it's, it's ironic, but not because I don't believe in coincidence, but that you even say that because one of my questions was recalling, retelling, remembering. How are you recalling, retelling, and remembering the goodness and the, and the faithfulness of God in your life? Because I feel like this year also has been one of those spaces where we have had the space to really think about, what do I feel? What do I think about? the Is God good? Because right now life isn't that good. So how am I recalling? How am I retelling? How am I remembering? For me, it's through the lens of creating in my house and creating things that remind me of his goodness. But for you, I'm curious about what that looks like for you. How do you, I think, and in speaking to our listeners also who are possibly walking through, you know, hard seasons and questioning mission, questioning calling, how do you in hard seasons recall, retail, remember? That's so good. A couple of things come to mind as you're, as you're speaking. One, I write. <laughs> I, and, and, and I don't mean songs. I mean, I do write songs. That is one way. That's usually what I'm doing because I'm like, oh, I see you. I'm seeing you. Or, oh, I need to see you. Please. Like, I'm working out my faith in song almost always. So that's definitely like writing songs is for sure one of the ways. Because I'm like, man, I'm going to need to remember this. I know I'm going to forget. So I got to write this down so I can sing it. And then I'll go back and listen to the song later. I call myself a selfish songwriter because I'm like, I'm <laughs> trying to help me. <laughs> I'm not mad at that. <laughs> I can maybe, maybe that'll help somebody else along the way. But it's usually writing for me or for my people, you know, my yeah. kids. I mean, there's a quote that says, art is the highest form of hope. I don't disagree with that. I highly agree with that. I do too. It, well, and you talk about our creator, like it's so amazing to me. Like he made us to create. And that may be, I think some people hear that and they're like, I'm not created online. I'm like, no, 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 no. This applies to everybody. You could cultivate a conversation. You could craft a meal. 
You can craft a schedule. You can craft a conversation. You can craft a spreadsheet. Thank God. Thank God for those because that's not me. (laughs) And I'm just thankful for the people in my life that do. But I think business or or a model or a a machine. I don't know. There's just a cup of coffee. You're a barista. You know, I don't know. You're crafting a home in our environment. But I think we were made to be co-laborers, co-creators with God. He, because we're making his image. So one of the things that my mother-in-law taught me to do a long time ago was on my, in my journals, I think we're wired for stories, but we forget. I don't know. For me, I forget the stories of God's faithfulness. And so one of the ways that I remember sometimes is I write only on the right side of my journals. Mm. A lot of praying. My mind is like that scene from Up where the dogs are like, <laughs> oh, it's one of my favorite movies. Yes. Yeah. Squirrel. I, that is my brain. And so sometimes if I write or sing, I can like focus and pray a little bit more or work out whatever is going on in my heart. Um, and so, or lean into the sadness, even if I can stay focused and in that lane that way. So I write just on the right side of the journal and then I end up flipping it over and then just writing on the left side and process of doing so often I'll flip it around and I'll be like, Oh my goodness, this was going on. And you've answered this prayer in this way. I needed this truth on that day. Remember in a different way on this day. And so that has been a really, really beautiful practice for me. Very practical and not hard to do. No, and not hard to do. And then I would say the other thing is authentic community is having the people around you that you're you're being real with, that you're sharing your struggles with, so that when I think we need each other to remind and hear our stories told back to us from somebody else's. For me, I need to hear it from somebody else's vision and mouth. And I just was writing a song the other day with this Chris Rinzema. The bridge of it, it basically said, uh, I will build an altar. I'll stack it stone by stone. Remind my weary heart that I've never walked alone. My faith will surely falter, but that that won't change what you've done. Because every Ebenezer tells me I am not alone. Wow. It's like, it's one of those songs that you feel like you caught. You're like, oh my goodness, this is so good. But they were doing that in scripture, building altars. And so I think sometimes, like, I don't know, I'll I'll write a verse down that's that's done some work in my soul, or I'll go look for a print of that verse to print out. Or I, I don't know, I have this little collection of things that are on my dresser of rocks or I don't know. They're just little physical reminders that remind me like an Ebenezer of what God has done. Mm, Yep. I love that so much. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Ellie, I cried four times. That's why I had to be quiet. You kept getting me. I don't ever cry in these conversations. You got it. Isn't that beautiful? The the both end of being human. It's the weeping and the rejoicing. And it's the full presence of God in the full spectrum Absolutely. of that experience. I'm so grateful. We get to do it together in the context of community, even when it's yeah. on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So good. So good. Thank you, Ellie, so much for being with us today. You are wise and beautiful and bright, and we are grateful yes. for your voice. Well, the same way. One last question for you. Um, how can the Go and Tell Gals community be praying for you? 
Mm. I would ask for prayer for continued practice of margin and rest as everything cycles back in. And maybe that's a prayer for all of us. I know I need that so much. I was so grateful for the pause and the quiet. Sabbath, Jesus, help us. Yeah. And so that, that would not be lost. I'm having a hard time as things pick back up and we're playing catch up work wise. Yeah. But just that there would be spirit led wisdom and how to continue to practice the invitation that God to say yes to mm. God gives us to rest. I was in Genesis one asking him about this the other day. I was like, you made me like this. Mm. I love to break it. I want to say yes to everything. What are you going to do about it, God? Like, what do you want me to do? And he goes, read Genesis one. And I, I mean, not verbally, but that's just like popping my mind. So I'm looking at it. And it says, on, and I'm like, oh, I know where you're going with this. I know you rested on the seventh day. I know. But it literally <laughs> says, and I've never noticed this before. I'm like, you made me creative. This is your fault. It says on the seventh day, he rested from all his creating. And I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> I hear you. I will try to do that. Do you accept for wisdom and continue to rest? I love that. Well, Ellie, you are a joy and a pleasure, and it's so fun to sit with you. Hopefully, I'm trying to make my way to Nashville. I'm from Alabama, which is why I was like, woo-woo, and you're like, I'm born and raised in Nashville, conceived in Knoxville. So there's that. Love it. <laughs> but yeah, maybe we can sit down for a cup of joe or something, but it was so fun to see you here and to sit with you and get to know you a little bit better. And I wish we had more time. I do too. I'm so grateful for you, Kanisha and Brenna. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Hey friends, thanks for joining us today. We pray this conversation encouraged and equipped you. God is mighty in you. We want to encourage you to keep going. If you have not subscribed to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, make sure you do that. We want to make sure that you hear all our new episodes and absolutely please follow along at Go and Tell Gals on Instagram.